Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Well, it is nice to be here. The title of my message, do I have a screen? Faith, hope and love. And and in the Scriptures, it talks about these three remain. Very basic word today. And it's a word to encourage us as a church, not as a building, but as a body of people, as a community of faith, because that's who we are. We are a community of faith. And to hear Margaret's testimony, and in the middle of Margaret's testimony say, a man said to me, who are you, beautiful woman? Do you know Jesus? And then that's Wally. See, it says that one one plants another water and it's the Lord that brings the increase. But every single one of us has a part to play in God's plans and purposes for the earth. And you can make a difference. If you hear nothing else today, these three remain, faith, hope and love. You are marked of God, touched of heaven, filled with the Spirit of God to make a difference in the earth. Not just to exist, not just to take up space, not just to suck in oxygen. Your life matters. Your life is important. You are stronger than you think you are. You, are. you can achieve more than you because greater is he that is on the inside than he that is in the world. There is nothing that can come against you. There's nothing that can stop you. And you know what? You can arrest the attacks of the enemy against other people's lives simply because of who you are. Your influence is in your nature because you're made in the image of Christ. And just as we say that is who you are, I want you to go away from this place today realising who you are who you are in Christ, who you are uh, in the kingdom, that you're a child of God called and anointed and chosen and purposed to be a world changer. Amen? Well, anyway, I hope you've had a great week and you know we're in summertime because the grass is turning yellow. It's getting crunchy under the feet. You feel like you're going to pass out every time you walk out into the sun but I got a full on like, like a head cold last night because I'd go out into the heat, then I'd come back into the aircon, then I'd go out into the heat and come back. And by the end of the, my nose was running and I was sucking on the codrills and I was like, Whew, it's summertime in Queensland. Anybody from the southern states? Anybody from Melbourne or New South Wales? Yeah, hello. And I know I say it every year, but this is my favourite time of year. I love Christmas. I love Christmas time. And you know what? I think the world needs us to love Christmas time. I think the world right now needs us so full of faith, hope and love that it just exudes from our being. It exudes from who we are. Because here's the deal, life's hard enough. It's stressful enough. It's big enough all on its own. The world doesn't need us or religion or any other thing putting any more weight or any more pressure on it. They just need faith, hope and love. Just, just, just faith, hope and love. And I just think as spirit-filled believers, recipients of unmerited grace and favour, we don't deserve it. We've received it, but we don't deserve it. But, but because we have, we should be so full of faith and strong in our faith that we should, we're traffickers of hope and lovers of humanity. Yeah. And, and I think if that was our aim and if that's how we live, the world would be a different place. We would be that salt and light. We would be the ones that illuminate and flavour the world around us rather than acquiescing to the world's ways and current situations and, and perspectives. And you know what? I was thinking today, it's not hard to be nice to others. In fact, I think it's probably takes more effort to be mean than it does to be nice because it takes intention. I have to intentionally be mean. But I can just by nature be nice. And, you know, it's like like smiling or frowning. (laughs) This is going to be good for online. Do you know they say it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile? So for, 
If anybody wants to smile, just knock yourself out. Just, just lay it on me. Just give it to me nice and thick. But that's who we are. We're people who love. And we're people who represent love because the Bible says God is love. So that's who we are. We represent love. And it's people who show others how to love. Our lives as an example to others how to, to love. And, and in Matthew 22, starting in verse 35, it says, One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. So think about this for a second. The first and greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. This is the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So so to Jesus, the, the first and greatest commandment is to live a life surrendered to God, to love God with every part of your being, everything. And the second most important is to tithe. No, it's not to tithe. It's to, is to love. No, that wasn't suggestive. What I'm saying is because your mind goes to, well, this must be it or this must to be a really good person or to, to do good to the poor or to bring in my hope bag. Love your neighbour as yourself. That blows my mind. But I read a really cool quote this, this week that says, find a purpose to serve, not a lifestyle to live. Find a purpose to serve, not a lifestyle to live. And as I read that quote, I thought that would probably be polar opposite to how most of humanity thinks. Because we, 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 we don't live that way. Most people spend their entire existence trying to achieve a lifestyle rather than living on purpose. I, I got to accumulate. I got to get. I want. I need. This is what I'm building for me. But, but a maxim I try to live by is find a need and meet it, find a hurt and heal it. I, I, I try to live that way, find a need and meet it or find a hurt and heal it. And we are the church. We are the chosen ones. We are the set apart, called and elected. We can live that way. We can, we can identify needs and meet them. We can find people that are hurting and we can heal them up in Jesus' name. And if we did this, the world would be a better place. Currently, I'm working with Master Tom Gould up the back here, and he's got quite a few jobs going on, and he's having to employ people, and he's on some jobs, we're on other jobs. But this week, I was working with um, a gentleman called Jeff. Jeff's travelling around Australia for four years with his partner. He's not, he's not churched in any way. And after only four days of working with Tom, Tom was, he was on another job, Jeff and I were there doing the work, and he said, I really like Tom. I wrote it down. He says, Tom is a great guy. I appreciate, I appreciate his nature and who he is. And I thought in four days, he's had an impact on someone's life who said, I like him. I like his nature. I like how he does what he does. In four days, he's shone bright, the love of Christ. And, and he knows we're Christians and he knows I'm the pastor. And, he, and, he, and he's there and he's smoking and he's, he's doing what he's doing. And he's, he's a lad. But he goes, I like him. I think everyone we meet should say, I like them. I like their nature. I like, because that's not always the case on building sites. And, and we're busy and trying to wrap up jobs for Christmas and it's pressured and stressful. And it could be like, I'm paying your bills, work your butt off and get out of here, come back tomorrow. But it's not like that. 
Tom's attentive and he's asking questions and he's, he's speaking to Jeff and he's asking questions about the travel and about his wife and about it. We can pay attention and change people's lives. And it doesn't actually cost you anything except to be someone who shows love. And, you know, I remember two years ago, because action speaks louder than words, because it's really easy to say I love you, but it's harder to show you I love you. But I remember recovering from a double hip operation and Jenny and Vincent and, and, and just church in general arranged just to bless us for a few month period with meals every day. And people would just drop in and, and bring a little gift or just come with a smile and how are you doing? And you know what? A lot of people messaged me and said, I'm praying for you, which was really nice. And they were. But for somebody to turn up with something tangible and say, I'm thinking of you. How are you? Be blessed. We're with you. We're, it, it would lift my spirit. Every time somebody arrived, it would lift my spirit. And again, to them, it may have been a small gesture. To me, it was the world. Because I was going through something heavy and I was feeling like two months on my back in a bed. It, it's a pressure situation. And, yet, you know, you're on heavy medication and, the, the, you know, it's just you're like, will this ever end? And every smiling face and every little gesture, whether it was a card or, or a, a thing of chocolate, whatever it was, it, it buoyed my spirit. Faith, hope and love and the greatest of these is love. And... When we love freely, forgive easily, overlook offence quickly and are generous of ourselves, we become the answer for humanity's condition. And I'm convinced of that. We can be the difference. In a world that's hurting and broken, we the church, you the individual Christ follower can be the difference. Can I get an amen to that? And you know what? Most people don't have any problem with Jesus. They just have problems with Christians and religion. There's a quote that Mahatma Gandhi is quoted as saying, he says, I like your Christ, I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. And I go, let's change that in our community. Let's change that in this community. Let, let us be the ones that, that shine bright and bring positivity and hope and love and faith to our community. So others go, I like your Christ and I like your Christians and I want to be in that church. Amen? 1 Corinthians 13, starting verse 1, it says, if I could speak all the language of the earth, of earth and of angels, but didn't love, I would be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. As a church, when we just make a whole lot of noise but don't do a whole lot of things, we become annoying and irrelevant. But when we, when we do what we say, when we are the hands and feet of Christ in our community, people see it and, and receive from it. It goes on to say, if I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I'd be nothing. In other words, we become insignificant when I prophesy and I pray for miracles and I see God move but when I don't love, when I don't extend grace and mercy, when I don't accept others because I live at another level, I become insignificant. But the word says that you're not insignificant. It says that you hold great significance because you're made in the image of God. And I'm just, I'm just trying to stir some faith here today to let you know who you are, the authority that you hold in Christ, the difference that you can make in the earth, in your family, with your friends, at your, your place of work. You can walk in and shift atmospheres every single day. You can turn up and shift atmospheres in a moment. And I want to encourage you to do that. It says, if I gave everything to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if, if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. In other words, that's irresponsible because we're, we're sowing but not reaping. 
But Matthew 28 says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples. The way a, a disciple is made is that first friendship is formed and then example is given and then acceptance is received and then people open themselves up to Jesus. People don't become disciples because I preach at them. People don't become disciples because I tell them they're sinners or they're broken or, or they're wrong or they're going to hell. People go to, to, to come to Jesus. People give their lives to Christ because they're open through relationship and generosity and faith, hope and love, the greatest of being love that has been poured out into their life. Amen. Who's on to say love is patient and kind? And I'm preaching to myself today, sweetheart. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable and it keeps no records of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Not love never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. And it goes on down to say, all that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely. Just as God knows me completely, three things will last forever. Faith, hope and love, and the greatest of these is love. And you know what? I just, I just think we could, we could evaluate ourselves. Where am I at in certain areas? Where, where do my buttons get pushed? How do I react? How, I, got, I got rear-ended yesterday in the car. And the first one is, Bugger. But the second one, it was a young girl that hit me. And I got out of the car and I just went, are you all right? You're not hurt, are you? And she looked at me because she expected me to get angry. I said, it's just a car. I said, as long as you're all right, we can get this sorted out. And, and long and the short of it, we'll get it sorted out. But I thought it, it's, it wasn't worth crippling somebody or hurting somebody emotionally or verbally or any other way, but just to respond soft and to come out with love rather than guns blazing. That the greatest of these is love. In 1 John 4, is this helping anybody? Yeah. Starting in verse 7, it says, Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. You see, love is seen, not just heard. And like I said, it's easy to say I love you, but it's harder to show it. It says this is how God showed his love. He did something. He bankrupted heaven. He sent his son to, to pay a price that we never could to gain relationship and right relationship with us again. It goes on to say he sent his one only son into the world that we might live through him. Love goes where it's needed. And can I encourage you, don't, don't uh, grieve the spirit of God because God wants to speak to you by his spirit. He wants to lead you and guide you into situations where you can bring healing and life. And, and, and he, he sent his son at the right time in history to, to the right place that you and I could then enter into life with him. And like I said, Matthew 28, discipleship starts with us going and it ends with others letting Jesus Christ into their life. I want to encourage us. Let's be those who love. Because this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Love always initiates. Love goes first. We can't expect the world to change. We can't expect people to walk in here perfect. People walk in broken and hurting and looking different to us. But, but love goes first. Love says, welcome, come on in. Love says, can I walk a journey with you? Love says, there's no condemnation here. There's no, we're not going to put any more weight on you. In, in fact, can I help you? 
Matthew 11 says, come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. The only thing God wants to give anybody is rest, love, joy, peace, an anxiety-free life. And we can enter, we, we have what others need. And I guess I'm just trying to encourage us today, shine bright in the community. Let your nature be seen by others. You might be quiet. You might be loud and overt. You might prophesy. You may just just buy people coffee. I don't know what it is that you do, but do it. And do it lovingly and do it whenever God prompts you and, and let God lead you. Because like Amanda said, God, God's enough. Whether she has the house, she doesn't have the house. It's, not about, it's about God can do all things. And I love what Ephesians says, to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine, to him be the glory in the church through Christ Jesus for all generations. Let's give God glory through our lives. God is most glorified when, when, when we are fully alive, when we're full of faith, hope and love and we're releasing it to every single person we meet. That's when God is most glorified, when our life is fully expressed in him goes on to say, dear friends, since God loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one's ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Nobody's ever seen God, but they can see God through you. And I just want to make sure that people are actually seeing a, a correct and accurate representation of God through my life. That when they look at me, that it's not a, a, a muddied, watered picture. It's not that it's a clear picture of love and acceptance and forgiveness and grace and generosity extended towards them. It says, whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. I was telling you before, I want you to see yourself as, as God. In this world... We are like Jesus. So if you believe in Jesus Christ and you act like Jesus, then you're going to reflect Jesus to those around you. And the world doesn't need judgment. It needs Jesus. I think through the story about a woman caught in adultery. Here's a woman that's brought before Jesus. And here's a whole lot of religious piety and and wisdom surrounding her, saying stone her. She deserves death. She deserves to be put through pain. She deserves to be made an example of. We all do. We all deserve death. It says the wages of sin is death. It says there is none righteous, no, not one. We are made righteous as we stand before Christ, contrite, receiving him as our Lord and Savior, saying, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Every moment, every situation, I need you. But I think about that, and, and Jesus is just drawing in the sand. He says, whoever's without sin, cast the first stone. Whichever one of you has not sinned, just cast that stone. You're right. You are exactly right. That's what the law says. But love won that day. Love was greater than the law. And when every stone fell to the ground, thud, 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 and the woman finally looks up, all she saw was the smiling face of Jesus looking at her, saying, woman, where are your accusers? She says, there are none. They've all left. He says, neither do I accuse you. Can I encourage you? You can only love your neighbour as yourself if you love yourself. And if you allow the love of God to flow into you, consume you, overtake you and then flow from you. Can I encourage you here today, forgive yourself? I know you've made mistakes. I make mistakes all the time. We're all sinners and fall short of the glory of God. 
but God's grace is sufficient. God's mercies are new every morning. And I want us as the church to rise. Usually at this time of year where we're winding down, it's Christmas time, we're going on holidays. We've had a year of winding down. Let's wind up. Let's ramp up. Let's go, you know what? I'm getting excited. I'm going to dream again. I'm going to believe for 2021. I'm going, to, I'm going to seek the Lord that I can be filled afresh. Matthew 5 says, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. You can get filled right now. Whether you're tired, feeling tired, weighed down, burdened on top of the world, let yourself be filled afresh today. And I might ask the, the, the guys to come, Drew, Ainsley, because I just want to pray, and I'm, we're right on time, so, but I just want to pray for us today that we would be filled afresh. Because here's the thing, perspective comes when I'm not consumed about what I can get, but what I can give. The love that I can pour out, the, the, the lives that I can touch, I see clearly how God is going to make a way. And if I can encourage you in anything today, God is going to make a way. I feel like there's people here and you feel like there is no way. I can't see how. I can't see how I could get through. I can't see how I could get over. God will make a way because he's faithful to his word and he's faithful to his promises. This scripture goes on to say there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear because fear has to do with punishment. God doesn't want to punish you. God doesn't want to punish anyone. It says that his desire is that none should perish, but all should come to eternal life. God wants to set people free. And I just want to pray that you would be so set free today that you could be yourself. And in being yourself, you could go out into the world and see others set free in Christ. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loves us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother or sister is alive. Whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God who they have not seen. And he has given us this commandment. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Can you just stand to your feet this afternoon? Just lift your hands. I just want to spend a moment worshipping but also standing in the presence of God. And if you're carrying anything, anything from the past, fear of the future, uncertainty, if you feel like there's, there's a heaviness upon you, I want you just to cast your cares upon him this afternoon because he cares for you. I'm telling you, healing's going to enter this room right now. Emotional healing. Some, some of you here carrying emotional wounds and it's like you can't move forward and you can't move on because you're holding on to things from the past. Let it go today. We have to create space for God to fill. But what we hold on to, see, you were only created to carry the weight of one thing, the weight of His glory upon your life. But life tries to get on us. Hebrews 12 says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us cast off every weight and sin which so easily entangles us. Let us run the race set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. If there's any weight, if there's any sin, if there's any chains of bondage circling your life or, or holding you bound today, just let them drop. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We worship you. A day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere.
Lord, I pray the blessing of heaven over every single life here this afternoon. I speak freedom in Jesus' name. I declare breakthrough. I declare open heavens, Father, over people's lives, just as your word says, as we honour you, that, Father, you throw open the windows of heaven over our lives and pour out such blessing that we can't contain it. Bless your people. Prosper your people. Heal your people today. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.